Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's good to see you guys. Welcome again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. It's always great to have you here with us today. So we're in the second week of a series that we kicked off last Sunday called Core Values. And what we're doing in this series is looking at these certain values that we need to have in our life uh, in order to be a better follower of Christ, a better representative of Christ. And even if you don't follow Christ yet, even if you haven't made that decision, because I know a lot of you are still on the fence about that, it helps us just simply to be better people, to have more peace in our lives each and every day. So the things we're talking about in this series, God has a lot to say about them. So, so that's kind of what makes it exciting for me. But as we go through this, you know, each week we'll be talking about a different core value, and you may kind of do an evaluation of yourself, and you may say, wow, you know, this is something I learned when I was young, or I learned it from my parents, but it's not as prevalent in my life today as it should be. Or maybe you'll say, hey, this is, this is one area that I, I'm getting right in my life. You know, this is the one value that I uphold really high. And it may just be a check mark for you each way. Hey, I'm on track with where God desires for me to be. So last week we talked about and we started off talking about the core value of honor and how honor is one of those things when we see it in people, it's very appealing to us right? It's an admirable trait. When we see people that show honor and give honor to others. And we went to the scripture and we looked at uh, three specific areas that God tells us to show honor in, in our lives to other people. But we know, and we walked away knowing last week, that's not an all-inclusive list, right? We could look at every single person and we can find something in their lives to show them honor. And even if they're not an honorable person, even if they're not worthy of honor, when we show people honor, maybe, just maybe, they'll live into that honor we're showing them. And they, in turn, will become a more honorable person. And we walked away with Romans 12.10, you know, to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So that was kind of our homework assignment, you know, last week is to show honor to others. So this week, I want to talk about another one of those core values that we need to have in our life, and that's integrity. And when it comes to integrity, that is something that is going to be tested in your life all the time. Your integrity is constantly going to be tested every single day. If you have children, You know, the things you do, the decisions you make in life, they're not only going to impact your integrity, but they're going to impact the integrity of your children or even your grandchildren. Why is that? Because you are a living, breathing, walking example to them of what integrity looks like, and they're going to pick up their clues of integrity from you and how you act and how you respond. But that's true anywhere in life. It could be in the, in the business world. It could be in the classroom. It could be in the church. But our integrity 
doesn't just impact us, right? It impacts the people around us. Uh, I was in the paint store about, I don't know, a month ago, and I go to the paint store a lot. I like to paint. My wife thinks there's something, you know, really wrong with me because I enjoy painting. But I went in there, and I, I got a couple gallons of paint, and, and, and the girl rang it up, and she told me the amount, and I'm like, that, that's not enough. Uh, and I explained, you know, hey, this isn't the paint I usually get for the deck. This is, this is a different paint. And so she looked up my account. She got, she's like, man, you're right. I, I charged you for the wrong paint. I do need to charge you more. And she was very thankful that, that I was honest with her and, and told her uh, about, you know, the inaccuracy of what she charged me. And I, and I left the paint store, and I'm, I'm in the car, and I'm thinking on the way home, that's crazy you know, that she was shocked and surprised by my honesty and by my integrity. You know, we li- that's our culture today. We live in a culture that's more shocked and more surprised by our integrity than they are by our lack of integrity. And that's because you and I are constantly bombarded with news stories of people that lack integrity. We see more, way more stories about people who lack integrity than we do uh, about people that have integrity. You know, it could be an athlete. It could be a politician. It could be a, a pastor, a church leader, a business owner, a parent, a school teacher. You know, and we hear these stories where they're doing something behind the scenes that's totally lacking integrity and may even be out of character with who they are, and we're not at all surprised by that anymore because that is all we see. It could be a close friend, someone you love, someone you respect, and you find out that they're really not living the life that they're telling you that they're living. But we're not surprised by it because it happens every single day. So what is integrity? Well, from a dictionary perspective, integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, the state of being whole and undivided. A simple way of putting it is when our actions and our behaviors match our values and our beliefs. Think of integrity as a lifestyle, right? What we say actually lines up with what we do, right? It's when our private life matches our public life. And you've heard people say it before, but, you know, integrity is what you do when nobody else is looking. Now, integrity is different than reputation. Your reputation is who people think you are, right? It's their perception of you. It's who they think you are is a person, but our integrity is who we really are. And having integrity means that we carry on our life based on what we say and based on what we believe. All right? So that kind of puts us all on the same page as far as what integrity is. Now, anytime you want to follow along with our notes, they're available on the Church Center app, or you can scan the QR code on the side screen. But here's our very first scripture verse for today, Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the honest keeps them on track. The deviousness of crooks brings them to ruin. I love that. You know, 
Integrity keeps us on track. So many parts of our society today are hurt by a lack of integrity. I mean, just think about leadership in our society. And, and we did a series, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago on leadership. But you see it all the time, you know, and it can be a leader in, in, the, in the business world, leader at home, leader in the school, leader on the field, whatever. But leaders, we see them all the time. They say something, but then they do something totally different. And that hurts all the people behind them that are following them. But the truth is, we live in a society, we will do anything to get ahead, even if it means jeopardizing our integrity, anything for the vote, anything for a little bit more money, anything to gain ground, anything for the temporary pleasure of, a, of an improper relationship. We're willing to do it just to satisfy ourselves or, or to do something for ourselves. But if you are a Christ follower, if you are on that journey with Christ, we need our integrity to be strong because it's such a reflection of who we are and who Christ is living in us. So let's take a look at an example or, or really what integrity looks like in the Scripture. And I want to look at the Old Testament. I want to look at something that was written by David in, in, the, in Psalm 15. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And it says this, who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. That's integrity, right? Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. That's integrity. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. What is that? That's integrity. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. That's integrity. Such people will stand firm forever. So what that means, if you are a, a, a Christian if we'll have our actions and our behavior match our beliefs and our value, especially when it comes to what we're talking about today, integrity, then it says we'll stand firm forever. We'll be secure. But not only will we stand firm and not only will we be secure and grounded in our faith, but there are practical benefits to walking with integrity every day. So if you're taking notes, learning number one, Having integrity allows us to be in good, continuous fellowship with the Lord. You know, David said, you know, well, who can worship God? And then he starts saying all these traits, these traits, these high values, these traits of integrity. And when we walk with integrity, we can have a everyday, know we're on the right path relationship with God because we're doing what he's called us to do. It's just this incredible relationship when we walk the way that God desires for us to walk. It, it's kind of like work. And I know work's a dirty word on a Sunday, but think about your work for a minute. You know, when you walk with high integrity at work and everything you do in your work has high integrity, eventually your boss is going to notice that. Eventually the person that owns the company is going to notice your high integrity. Man, this person's got high integrity in every job they do, every 
task they take on. And eventually, more than likely, your, vo- your boss is going to give you more responsibility. They're going to trust you with more, you know, greater responsibilities, right? It, it, your boss may even bring you into their kind of their inner circle and teach you more about the business or teach you more about the business principles or the, or the company because they've seen your integrity and they know you can be trusted, right? That's kind of the way it is when we walk with God. The more we're faithful, what does he say? If you're faithful with the little, you'll be faithful with a lot. He's going to give us more responsibility and, and things to do in the kingdom. But our integrity, it, it can also serve as like this mirror for people to see Christ in us. When we walk with integrity and we're honest in all our dealings, they'll see Christ in us. It, it also, if we'll allow our integrity, it can be a guide for us through life. Like that verse said, it keeps us on the right path, right? If you practice integrity every day and you make it a high priority, a core value in your life, and you know what God says about integrity, when you get to those huge moments in life, when you're trying to decide, do I go this way? Do I go that way? Is this right? Is this wrong? You won't even have to think about it. You're going to know right off the bat, this is the right thing to do. This is the honest and equitable thing to do. So when we have integrity, we can have peace in our relationship with God, knowing we're walking with Him and doing what He's called us to do. Another practical benefit, learning number two, having integrity will bring us peace. It brings us peace in our life. We're going to have constant peace in our minds, in our hearts. When you go to sleep at night, after a long day, you do not have to worry about the same things that people that lack integrity have to worry about. When you lack integrity, you're worried about things like, well, I wonder if the boss finds out. What if I get caught? What if my wife discovers this is what I've been doing? What if my coach finds out or my teacher finds out? When, when we have integrity, we don't have those worries that the people who lack integrity have. We have peace of mind and peace of heart. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Familiar verse to a lot of you, but I love how the message puts this. The message transliteration says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. In other words, when we have a lack of worry in our lives, because we are praying, because we have strong integrity, we're going to have peace. I mean, think about it. Do you ever go to bed at night and then you lay awake worrying that somebody's going to find out you did the right thing? You don't do that, do you? Oh my gosh, I hope nobody finds out that I turned in that lost wallet. It's not a worry you have. I hope nobody finds out I went back to the dealership and told them, hey, you forgot to charge me the $599 processing fee. You don't worry about things like that. Or, Or worse yet, you know, Gosh, I hope nobody finds out that I claimed all of my yard sale income on my income taxes. Because I know all of y'all do that, right? No, you just don't worry about things when you do things right and when you walk with integrity. But when you lack integrity, 
we're going to have worry all the time. And with that worry, we're going to have zero peace in our life. And again, not only do we gain peace for ourselves, but you're going to gain a lot of other things when you have integrity. You're going to gain the trust of people. You're going to gain respect. You're going to gain what we talked about last week, honor all kinds of things. So if you want a good marriage, for example, be spouses of integrity, right? If you want to be good parents or good grandparents, be parents and grandparents of integrity. If you want to be a good influence in the business community, be a business leader, a business owner of high integrity. If we want to be a great church, we have to be a church of integrity. Because when you have integrity, I'm telling you, people will honor you, people will respect you, people will follow you, people will seek you out for help or advice because they know you're a person of integrity. The challenge is we live in a society that lacks integrity. We live in a society that's not shocked anymore by lack of integrity. So what is a lack of integrity? And if you're a Christ follower, it's, the best word to probably describe a lack of integrity is hypocrisy. You're a hypocrite, right? You do something different than what you've been saying. That's what it looks like uh, from a Christian perspective. You're a hypocrite. And if you know anything about our church, we have a burning desire to help people not only find Jesus, but to follow Jesus. And those people that we're trying to help find Jesus, non-Christians, their biggest complaint of church people is what? They're hypocrites, right? Because they've seen example after example, just like we do in our culture, of where we've said one thing and then we've done something totally different. And the truth is, we've all been hypocrites, right? We've had those moments in our life when our integrity was tested and we failed the test and we were a hypocrite. The problem is, is when you and I try to justify our hypocrisy. That does not please the Lord. All you got to do is read uh, Matthew 23 from beginning to end because Jesus literally lit up the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law because of their hypocrisy. And we're not, we don't have time to look at all of that today, but we're going to look at an excerpt from it, the first four verses of Matthew 23. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. And then he proceeds to lay out examples, specific examples of the hypocrisy, but really what he's saying is, hey, you guys look good. You put on a great face. You act all righteous. You act all religious. You're saying the right things. That's what a hypocrite does. But then they don't do them. 
And then Jesus gives them a specific example in Matthew 23, 25. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. See, integrity starts on the inside, doesn't it? being clean on the inside. And he's telling them, you guys are filthy on the inside, but you're not even worried about that. You're worried about the outside. But if we have integrity on the inside, we don't have to worry about what the outside looks like, right? The outside's going to look fine because we're full of integrity. It's so easy for us to be a hypocrite, to say one thing and do something else. But what it is is the lack of integrity. So if we want integrity in our lives, we have to desire it because it's got to be intentional on our part. We have to really want it. And what I think we have to do is we have to determine how much is integrity worth to me on a personal basis. What is my integrity worth to me? Because if you take something that doesn't belong to you from your company, that's all your integrity's worth. Whatever the value of what you stole was, that's all your integrity's worth. Or if you pad your expense account. You know, you charge the company more than the actual expenses you had on the trip, that's all your integrity's worth is that little bit you padded your expense account. Or if you tell your wife you love her and you honor her and you respect her, yet behind closed doors you're looking at impure images on the internet, that's all your integrity's worth. There's a guy by the name of Job in the Old Testament, some of you are familiar with, who is a great example of high integrity. As a matter of fact, Job's a long book in the Old Testament. The very first verse of Job says this, Job 1.1, there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of us. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Now, if you know the story, Satan was standing before God, and, and God's like, what are you doing? He said, I've been patrolling the earth, watching what's going on. And God says, have you seen my servant Job? He is a man of full integrity. And Satan's like, yeah, but uh, that's only because you take care of him. That's only because you provide for him. That's the only reason he follows you, and he likes you. And it's kind of an odd story. And listen, if you came to me today and said, hey, Scott, I just gave my life to Christ, I'm not going to start you off in the book of Job, all right? Because, I mean, you read it, and it's like God allows Satan to test Job. And so Satan takes everything away from Job from an earthly perspective. He loses everything, and then his wife turns on him. Then his friends turn on him. They start pointing their finger at Job and say, yeah, man, this is happening in your life because you're full of sin and you're disobedient to God and God's just punishing you and, and getting back at you for all your sin. And about halfway through this long book in the Bible, Job says something remarkable. Job 27 verses 5 and 6, he says this, I will never concede that you are right. I will defend my integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. 
Job basically says, hey, my integrity is worth everything to me. You can take away all this other stuff. You can take away all these possessions, but you cannot take away my ability to choose to honor God in the way that I live my life. That's pretty impressive. That's what integrity was worth to him. So we got to decide, what is integrity worth to me? Is integrity, our integrity worth cheating on our taxes to get a couple extra hundred bucks at the end of the year? Is our integrity worth lying to our parents or not telling the truth in school? You know, I remember when we first purchased this building in 2017. I remember going to the closing and and the, the attorney said, hey, you know, we will, we will record the deed tomorrow or, or this afternoon whenever we can get over to the courthouse and record it. And, and that was such an exciting time for the church. But then sometime shortly thereafter, I got a statement from Montgomery County on taxes. And if, you know, a church is tax exempt, a church doesn't have to pay real estate taxes. And we're, we're also a 501c3 here. And so I get this tax statement, zero taxes. I'm like, man, that's pretty cool, right? That'll save us some money, give us some ministry to, money to do ministry in a, in a different area. But as soon as I looked at that bill, I'm like, well, that's not right. We should be paying taxes on the portion of our building that we lease. Because even though Domino's and the real estate agent, even though they're in a tax-exempt building now, they are not tax-exempt, right? They still are for-profit. They want to make money, and this isn't right. So, I, of course, I pick up the phone, and I call the commissioner of revenue, and, and I talk to some really sweet lady, and, and my kids will tell me I give way too much information sometimes, but I explained. I said, you know, I think approximately 7,500 square feet is what we're using out of the 51,000 square feet for retail, and, and you ought to be getting taxes on that. And there was this dead silence. And she's like, sir, people don't call the government and ask to be charged more taxes. And, you know, I said, listen, I got I to gotta be able to sleep at night. And, and the people that come to this church have to uh, be able to sleep at night knowing we're a church of integrity. And people that we don't even know who are coming in the future, you know, I want them to know we're a church of integrity. And she says, I tell you what, she said, you've been so honest, you come up with a calculation as to what you think is fair, and we will charge you taxes based on that. And of course, we measured, you know, down to the square inch of those spaces and, and sent in this long Excel spreadsheet, and that's what they charge us to this day. But our integrity, and the church's integrity for that matter, it's who we are. It's everything. It's a necessary value if we're going to be a good witness for Christ, a good representative for Christ. But even if we're just going to be a good follower for Christ, we have to have integrity. And maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not following Christ yet. You still need integrity in your life or your day-to-day -day dealings with other people and to bring you some peace in your life. So all this talk about integrity and how important integrity is, what if, and, and you know, don't look at your spouse, don't make any, you know, unusual face gestures, but what if going through this, you realize there's this area of my life that I lack integrity. Just this one area, but I lack integrity. What do we do about that? How do we handle that? 
When, when God has kind of exposed this and shown us this area, we lack integrity. And I think the very first thing and most important thing we can do is learning number three. When we lack integrity in any area of our life, we need to get to know Jesus better. We need to get to know Jesus better. We need to get to know Jesus up close and personal. Not as this historical figure you've read about on the internet or you uh, I've heard about at Christmas time, or your parents may have told you about, but we got to get to know him as Lord and Savior. In other words, we have to invite him into our life to be the Lord of our life, to lead our life. Because listen, Christ is full of integrity. He can certainly lead me. He can certainly lead you into a life of integrity. So I think that's the first thing we have to do. We have to have a relationship with Christ. And, and spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you that for about anything we talk about on a Sunday. That's the starting point a lot of times, right? But the next thing we can do is go and apologize to the person or to the business or, you know, whatever where we've lacked integrity. Maybe you've been in a relationship uh, with someone and dating someone and, and you really haven't portrayed on the outside what's going on on the inside. You've lacked integrity. Just come clean about it. Or in a business transaction, hey, this is where I lacked integrity. We need, to, we need to make this right. Now, I'm asking you to forgive me. I, I've been a hypocrite. I've lacked integrity. And will it be hard? Yeah. Will it be worth it? You better believe it. And you might have some relationship uh, repair work to do over the coming weeks or coming months, but it'll be worth it. Just come clean and then start walking with integrity. Not only can we follow the example of Christ, I think we could follow the example of Job. You know, make integrity everything. Matthew 5.37 says, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. In other words, we become a person of our word as Christ lives in us. It's that simple. We let our behavior line up with our beliefs. We let our actions line up with what we say we're going to do. And when we do that, we're going to gain trust and respect and influence from those around us. That's not why we do it. We do it because Christ calls us to walk with integrity. But all these other things are going to benefit us as well. And I may be naive, but I think if, if we start walking with integrity and our kids start walking with integrity and our classmates and our friends start walking with integrity, over time, we can turn our culture back to a culture that is shocked by lack of integrity instead of where we're at today in a culture that's shocked by our integrity. Let's pray together. Lord, you are amazing. You are our Savior, our Redeemer. For that, we can't thank you enough. But Lord, just how you show us things in our life that we need to correct or change or adjust or, you know, check off the list and move on. Things we're doing well, things we can improve on. And God, the the amazing thing is, and the reason I say you're amazing is you don't love us any less when we fail. 
but you encourage us to change. Lord, I would ask that you'd show us the areas of our life where we lack integrity right now. To kind of just shine a spotlight on those areas and reveal them to us privately, individually. Hey, this is an area, Scott, maybe you need to work on. And Lord, help us to be faithful enough to work on those. To talk to the people maybe where we've lacked integrity or the relationship that we've harmed because of our lack of integrity. Or we just want to be the same person in public that we are in private. We want our lives to be honoring to you and know there's nothing between us and our walk, our daily walk with you. Maybe you're here today or at home and as we're praying, you've never gotten to know Jesus up close and personal. It's always been from a distance, just a curiosity perspective or a historical perspective. Let me encourage you, invite him into your life. Don't believe the lies that say you have to do certain things or stop certain things or change certain things before Jesus is going to welcome you. He's waiting. He desires a relationship with you right now. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's been going on, no matter where you've been, what you've done, he just wants a relationship with you. And don't worry about changing everything in your life. Let him worry about that. He's the one that gives us the ability to walk with things like integrity or to show honor in our lives. But open your heart to him. Just pray, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins and you take over. You run me from now on. And he'll do that. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people, Lord, just their willingness to do whatever You show them what you show me, what you show us. We just want to help people to know you better or to know you for the first time. And God, I pray for this community with the tragedy that happened this week. I pray for those families. I pray for uh, the friends, the people that are hurting. Lord, you know the pain. You know the difficulty. I lift them up to you right now. And Lord, the people that are here, that are at home, that are hurting in a different way, they've lost loved ones. They have an illness. They have financial difficulties or problems at work or problems in their marriage or their dating relationship or with school. Lord, you know every single person's needs. And I want to lift those up to you right now. Lord, you do promise us that you bring comfort that you bring peace that we can't, we can't really understand. I'm asking for that, for the people that are hurting right now. Lord, be with us this week. We love you and we praise you. Amen. As we finish up today, just a couple things. If you're worshiping through generosity, you can do that in the black boxes or better yet, online or through the Church Center app. If you invited Christ into your life for the first time, first of all, congratulations. That is the absolute best decision you will ever make in your life. But if you'd fill out that connection card for me and just check that box, and I will send you some information that will help you on your journey. A couple things going on in the lobby. First of all, the Agape Center. We have a group here at the church that is doing a food drive for the Agape Center. They help people 
uh, with all kinds of things in our community, clothing, food, shelter. Uh, I, I would encourage you when you go shopping this week, whatever you're going shopping for, uh, grab uh, that handout they have and get some supplies to, to support the Agape Center, and they will make sure that they get to the families that need it the most. The other thing is we have a group that is working with the Salvation Army uh, over the holidays to uh, be bell ringers. If that's something that interests you and you want to volunteer some hours over the holidays, I don't know if you get a Santa suit with that. That'd be pretty cool if you did. But it's a great organization. I didn't really realize until this week them educating me on everything the Salvation Army does in our community. It's not just with hunger and shelter, but, you know, bringing Christmas uh, to children. It's a pretty cool organization. So they're meeting in the lobby directly after this service. Next week, obviously, we'll be leading into Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about gratitude. So I want to encourage you, grab a friend. Uh, I promise we're not going to uh, do anything to single them out or to embarrass them, but bring a friend as we talk about gratitude together. I hope you have a terrific Sunday and a terrific week. Thanks so much for your time. God bless you guys.